1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to CareRx's third quarter 2020 Financial Results Conference call. Please note that this call is being broadcast live over the Internet, and the webcast will be available for replay beginning approximately one hour following the completion of the call. Details of how to access the webcast replay are available in yesterday's news release announcing company's financial results, as well as on the company's webcast at www.carerx.ca. Today's call is, being, is accompanied by a slide presentation. Those listening on their phones can access the slide presentation from the company's webcast, website in the Investor section under Events and Presentations by loading the webcast and choosing the non-streaming audio option. Certain matters discussed in today's call or answers that may be given to questions asked could con- constitute forward-looking statements that are subject to risks or uncertainties relating to CARE-RX's future financial and business performance. Actual results could differ materially from those anticipated in these forward-looking statements. The risk factors that may affect results are detailed in CARE-RX's periodical results and registration statements. And you can access these documents in the CEDAR database under www.cedar.com. CareRX is under no obligation to update any forward-looking statements discussed today and investors are cautioned not to place undue reliance on these statements. I would like to turn the call over to David Murphy, President and CEO of CareRx Corporation. Please go ahead, Mr. Murphy.
0: Thank you, and good morning, everyone. Welcome to our third quarter earnings call. I am joined this morning by our Chief Financial Officer, Andrew Mock. We are very pleased with our third quarter execution and results. We delivered a strong financial performance while also making tremendous progress on the integration of our recent Remedies acquisition. Most importantly, we are pleased with how this combined team has come together and how they performed during a very important quarter for us. Despite significant integration and transformation activities underway and against the overall backdrop of the COVID-19 pandemic, our team continues to pride itself on outstanding execution and delivering great results because of their efforts we are well-positioned to complete the Remedies integration ahead of schedule, to realize the financial expectations for that acquisition, and to accelerate our execution of further growth opportunities that exist in our business and market. In short, Q3 underscores why I continue to be so confident in this team and the future of this business. Starting with the financial highlights, uh, the third quarter, our first with a full quarter of contribution from the Remedies acquisition, demonstrates the size and scale of the combined entity. Importantly, this quarter's results reflect a pre-synergy view of the combined company. Although integration activity took place during the quarter, which will create meaningful synergies for the company, these synergies were not a material contributor to our Q3 revenue or adjusted EBITDA. Revenue increased 46% to nearly $46 million, and adjusted EBITDA increased 37% to just over $3.8 3.8 million dollars. The average number of beds increased 48 excuse me 58 percent compared to the prior year to 49,344. We do continue to see a slight reduction in bed service attributable to lower occupancy rates in some of the homes that we service as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. After the initial wave of COVID-19, we saw an uptick in bed count during June and July. And then a slight reduction again in August and early September as the second wave began. The exit bed count at September 30th was 49,359, just above the quarterly average, and it has remained stable at that level since the end of the quarter. Importantly, this slight reduction in bed service has not had a material impact on our financial performance. Although it is difficult in the current pandemic to predict when occupancy rates will return to pre COVID levels, We see no current signs of further reductions in bed count as a result of COVID-19. As mentioned earlier, a significant focus during Q3 was the integration of the Remedies acquisition. During the quarter, we commenced a consolidation of fulfillment centers in our national site network. Because of overlap and duplication in the respective footprints of the two companies and the operational and financial benefits of aggregating volume into a single facility, This consolidation is a major integration priority, and is the largest driver of synergies from the acquisition. This site consolidation is taking place in all our key geographic markets, Ontario, Alberta, and British Columbia. A total of seven sites will be consolidated as part of this initiative, which will now be completed by the end of 2020. Two sites were consolidated during Q3, two more were completed in October, and the remaining three sites will be consolidated by year end. With the successful and accelerated execution of this initiative, we now expect to be able to deliver a fully synergized financial performance starting in Q1 of 2021. Although these consolidation efforts will drive meaningful financial synergies, these are not the only benefits. The emphasis throughout the integration has been on bringing the best of two businesses together, strengthening our team, sharing best practices, and collectively building a stronger and more efficient national platform that will serve our customers better. In some cities, we have consolidated operations into one of the previous CARE-Rx facilities, while in other cities, we have moved operations into a remedy site. Upon completion, we believe we will have the strongest national footprint in the sector with both the capabilities and the capacity to absorb additional volume from further growth initiatives. I would like to take this opportunity to thank our entire team for their incredible dedication and execution in completing this initiative on budget and ahead of schedule. I will now turn the call over to Andrew, who will cover the financial results in more detail, and I will then make some concluding remarks. Andrew?
2: Thank you, David, and good morning, everyone. As a reminder, our financial statements MD&A for the third quarter have been filed with CDAR and are also available on our website. In the third quarter of 2020, revenue increased $14.2 million, or 45 percent. 45.6 million from 31.4 million in the third quarter of 2019. This increase was driven primarily by the contribution of the remedies business of 15.8 million in the quarter, which was partially offset by the impact of the amendments to the Ontario Drug Benefit Act, which came into effect at the beginning of this year. In addition, as David mentioned, during the quarter, the growth from the remedies acquisition was slightly offset. By short-term occupancy reductions in some of the homes we service due to COVID-19. Turning to our profitability, adjusted EBITDA increased $1 million, or 37%, to $3.8 million in the third quarter of 2020 compared to $2.8 million for the third quarter of last year. The increase was driven by a $1.2 million contribution from the remedies business, and as David discussed, This contribution did not include the benefit of synergies from the consolidation of our fulfillment centers, which had a negligible impact in the quarter. As we expected in Q3, the net impact of the Ontario regulatory changes was 0.3 million. Cost management continued to be a core focus for the team during the quarter, and our continued success in that regard resulted in a 15% year-over-year decrease in corporate costs, the 1.1 million from 1.2 million. These corporate cost savings and other operating cost savings achieved in the quarter offset the net impact of the amendments to the ODBA. Turning to our balance sheet, we finished Q3 with 18.3 million in cash. I'll note that that our cash provided from operations for Q3 of 1.5 million included the impact of a $1.6 million payment made in the quarter related to a pre-closing tax liability that was assumed as part of the remedies acquisition And that resulted in a reduction to the closing cash consideration. Additionally, subsequent to quarter end, we completed the divestiture of a non operating Shell subsidiary. As a pre 1954 charter company, this subsidiary had standalone value and was divested for $1.5 million in gross proceeds, which will be recognized in the fourth quarter. Highlighting the significant progress that we've made on deleveraging the balance sheet over the last two years net debt at the end of q3 stood at 39.1 million and on an annualized basis our q3 net debt to adjusted EBITDA was 2.6 times i will now turn the call back over to david for some concluding remarks david
0: thank you andrew q3 was a milestone quarter for our company establishing a new baseline from which to continue the execution of our growth strategy and drive long-term shareholder value As a reminder, our growth strategy consists of three key components. First, we will continue to aggressively pursue organic growth opportunities to increase the number of beds under contract. We believe that we have built a superior value proposition for home operators and their residents that our competitors are unable to match. And we continue to have active discussions with prospective customers about new business opportunities. We remain confident that in the next 12 months or so, we will have the opportunity to add a significant number of beds as competitor contracts expire and home operators use RFPs and other methods to identify the best long-term pharmacy solution for their homes. Our site consolidation and integration activities have been designed with growth in mind. And with the integration almost completed, we have both capacity to add more beds and the capabilities to seamlessly execute the onboarding of new contract wounds. We will respect customer and other sensitivities in not making extensive public comments about current and prospective business opportunities, but we will update the market when these opportunities culminate in new customer contracts. In addition, we continue to pursue accretive acquisition opportunities that will increase scale, generate efficiencies, and further cement our position as the leader and the consolidator in this sector. The Remedies acquisition was, in our view, a catalyst transaction in this regard, and our m pipeline is currently as active as it has ever been. With the Remedies integration almost completed, we are fully prepared to execute and integrate further acquisitions whenever they materialize. Finally, we continue to be committed to innovation and to exploring strategic adjacencies that will allow us to leverage our capabilities. One such adjacency is the at-home pharmacy market. During Q3, we launched Pharmacy at Your Door, a new digital business providing free same-day delivery of pharmacy services to seniors and other Canadians in their homes. This new venture seeks to leverage our capabilities, technology, and national network of fulfillment centers to provide a superior and differentiated option for people who want their pharmacy needs fulfilled without having to visit their community pharmacy. We launched Pharmacy at Your Door in the greater Calgary area and expanded it to Edmonton subsequent to Quarter End. At this point, we have primarily leveraged our existing team and infrastructure with minimal investment in terms of fixed cost or capital expenditure. Although the contribution from this initiative is not yet material to our financial performance, our early experience has created further interest in this space, and we are more confident that we have the capabilities to succeed in this emerging market segment. Although our core business, serving home operators, remains the overwhelming focus, we continue to assess options for expanding or accelerating pharmacy at your door moving forward. An essential ingredient of our strategy the past two years has been to assemble the best team in our sector, and we have continued to strengthen an already great team during 2020. This week, we welcomed Puneet Khanna to the CareRx team as Senior Vice President of Corporate Development. Kunit is one of the most well-known and well-respected leaders in the seniors' care pharmacy space, and he has an incredible track record for building outstanding customer relationships and driving exceptional growth. After a year or so working outside the pharmacy sector, Puneet was ready to return. And I think it is a, is a testament to CareRx that we are the organization who wanted to join, that the brand and leadership position we are building is what he wanted to be a part of. Puneet knows our business well, understands our customers' needs, and has a vision for the future of our industry. CareRx is very fortunate to have Puneet on board, and I know that he will be a major contributor as we continue to execute on our growth strategy. With the Remedies integration proceeding better than planned and on track for completion this year, 2021 promises to be a year of continued progress and growth. As a reminder, despite our size and leading market position, our market share accounts for less than 15% of the total market. Significant opportunities still exist for further market share gains. We have set ourselves up to successfully capitalize on these opportunities with our strengthened combined organization, and a national footprint that has additional capacity to scale and absorb new beds. And the underlying market itself continues to grow, aided by highly favorable demographic trends. We believe that the experience of COVID-19 will lead to further investment in the long-term care sector and accelerated growth in the number of beds. Indeed, we are already seeing in some provinces increased investment in the construction, expansion, and renovation of long-term care homes in order to build capacity and improve quality. We believe that we are better positioned than any of our competitors to benefit from market growth and we look forward to working with our home operator partners to shape the future of Seniors Care Pharmacy and together provide the best possible care to the residents that we serve. In closing, we are excited about the progress we've made and the successful execution of our strategy to date. We are confident about our ability to continue our growth trajectory in the the months and quarters to come and look forward to updating you on our progress in Q4 and beyond. With that, I would now like to open the call to questions. Operator?
1: Thank you. At this time, if you would like to ask an audio question, please press star followed by the number one on your telephone keypad. Once again, that is star one to ask a phone question. And your first question comes from the line of David, I'm sorry, Doug Cooper with Beacon Security.
3: Hi, good morning, David. Congratulations on a nice progress in the quarter. so the bed count forty nine three fifty nine. Uh, you said it's maybe a little under, hundred percent occupancy. What would that bed count be if it was a hundred percent occupancy?
4: Uh, I don't
0: think I can give you an exact number, Doug. I think a hundred percent is something that's never completely achieved. It would be, I think, it'd just be you know, just about fifty thousand off the top of my head is my my rough math.
3: Okay, so we're 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 not talking ninety ninety percent capacity. We're I making this is like ninety eight or something
0: or whatever the number yeah obviously it, it, it varies by home but on an overall basis that's right
3: okay um, you talked about uh, these savings from closing the fulfillment centers in particular uh, two in the quarter two subsequent subsequent I guess have finished since the quarter and three to go before the end of the year can you um, indicate what how much the savings would be from those fulfillment centers them, or? Yeah,
0: at this point, Doug, I think the, the approach we've tried to take from the beginning is not to give guidance about that. I, I, I would say, um, you know, the, I know a number of, of analysts, including yourself, have made an estimate uh, as to what that would contribute. We're, we're not uncomfortable with that estimate. I think it lines up with our internal our internal um, uh, targets, which we, we believe we have met, um, but probably leave it at that and just consistent with our general um, philosophy of not providing uh, guidance.
3: Um. The pharmacy at your door uh, progressed. You started in Calgary, moved to Edmonton. Uh, what kind of metrics should we look for to judge uh, the success? I guess do we talk about, you know, obviously in the institutional side, we're talking about beds. Should we talk about doors or wh- how, what kind of metrics should we be judging you by?
0: I think fundamentally the underlying metrics are the same. It's it's about the number of, of people that we, uh, the customers that we have. So I think that's that's fundamentally the right, the right way to think about it um you know the revenue per per person in that space is, a, is, is less than uh the, the the seniors housing space but generally speaking it, it is a growth plan i, I think the you know from, from a um the perspective of assessing how it's going i think that you know, the, the the pace of our expansion is going to is going to tell you that because we're, you know, we're, we're going to continue to evaluate results uh learn from the experience and decide how fast mm-hmm. to expand to other cities in, in the in the
3: country. So the rollout, let's assume it it's you know successful. You got Calgary, Edmonton, uh would you then expand to BC or do you think Ontario?
0: I think it's most likely that the next place we go would be British Columbia.
3: And then final, just on the um uh, the organic growth, uh, I'm assuming that some of these RP's have been pushed out uh because of COVID. Uh, can you give us any indication of, of how they're lining up?
0: Yeah, actually, uh, there was one. There was one RFP that was moved from the fall to January, uh, but as of now, that's it. Uh, so, I, we're not of the view that it's going to be a major uh, source of delay, for sure, you know, appropriately so. Our home operators, number one and probably number two and number three priorities right now are COVID-19, That's as it should be. But based on the discussions we're having, we, we don't currently feel like there will be any meaningful delays in terms of, um, you know, home operators going to market as it relates to their pharmacy services. Okay, great.
4: That's it for me.
0: Thanks very much. Thanks,
1: Doug. Your next question is from the line of Kyle McPhee of Cormark Securities.
2: Hi, guys. Just a quick follow-up on the uh, the integration synergies. Wh- whatever
0: that full uh, run rate uh, of savings is going to be, will that be realized in
2: January and beyond, um, or, or do we have to wait longer to see the full savings show up? I'm not sure if you're still
4: carrying the leases or if you've just kind of closed down uh, some of the other expenses relating to those facilities.
0: No, you should see uh, everything we're doing this year. The full
3: impact should should hit in Q1. Huh? Got it. OK, this is,
2: so you so you've got out of the lease obligations.
3: Uh, yeah, that, but
0: I believe, you know, it's case by case. Uh, most of those leases were fairly short term. There was a couple of lease end obligations, a couple of cases where we were able to sublease, but uh, nothing that's going to burden the P&L in
4: any meaningful way
0: past uh, year end. Got it. OK, thanks for that. Um, and um, only remaining question for me on your corporate opex uh, keeps coming down nicely. Can can we just annualize the Q three number? So kind of four point
4: two millions, a appropriate number to use on an annual basis for that line item.
0: I'll let Andrew weigh in because I think he'll be mad at me if I if I answer that question without checking with him first.
2: Yeah, no. Morning, Kyle. I think that yeah, it, that's an appropriate estimate for the go forward. Don't anticipate that it's going to be materially different uh, in q4 or beyond okay got it that's it for me thanks guys
1: thanks
4: Kyle.
1: your next question is from the line of justin keywood of steeple gmp
4: good morning and thank you for taking my call just on the m a uh there was mention of a pretty active uh file or pretty active uh pipeline right now but i'm just wondering uh you know given the Backdrop of COVID nineteen. Does this pause any of these uh, files, or or maybe it uh, perhaps uh, accelerates uh, some of the discussions with um, you know some of the smaller operators out there? Uh, but any additional color around uh, M would be helpful.
0: Sure. Uh, hi, Justin. Thanks. Yeah, I would not certainly wouldn't say that it's paused anything. As I mentioned, you know we're not going to talk in great detail, but we're having a, a lot of active discussions. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily think it accelerates either. I think at the end of the day. And I won't get it. I won't try to speculate on potential sellers' motivations. But I think, you know, for the most part, um, the, the 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 broader trend towards consolidation, uh, some smaller operators, you know, impacted by by regulatory changes in the last few years, and looking to exit. I think that's a much more of a longer term theme. I don't see it being uh, affected in a meaningful way by by COVID. And as I mentioned, certainly based on the activity we're seeing, uh, we certainly don't think it's been slowed been slowed down.
4: Mm-hmm. And is there any um, due diligence required at uh, the customer sites, like any physical due diligence, or could it be done, you know, in a virtual means for these potential acquisitions?
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, I suspect the whole M and A market is learning uh, to do diligence differently. And so, um, you know, in, in general, I would say that the that the vast majority of diligence that would would be required in our sector anyway in an acquisition you know, can be done virtually if necessary.
4: Okay. And then my last question, there's been, you know, several announcements in Ontario about increased uh, investments in the long-term care care space. And I think uh, you mentioned this in in the opening remarks. Uh, I I wonder, there there was also a particular mention of um, increasing the one-on-one care for residents. And I'm just wondering, does that impact your business at all, um, you know, positively or negatively?
0: I think you know on a, on a broad basis, you know, and we're we're excited to see start to see the dialogue shift a little bit from a COVID perspective in the last few months because you know the the the, the experience of the long term care sector with COVID from our perspective was you know related to a long term systemic underfunding of uh, of the sector, and so we're we're uh, we're encouraged to see the, the increased investment, and so I I would say at, at the end of the day, on um, on a, on a Collateral basis, our sector will benefit from investment in the long-term care sector, and so that that will mean, you know, expansion of the number of beds, improvement in the quality of homes, increase in the number of single rooms as opposed to, um, uh, you know, double and, and greater occupancy. I mean, in in the in the first instance, that's mostly just about great great care for residents. But to the extent that there's more um, investment in the sector, there are more beds and higher quality homes. We obviously look at it as a net benefit for for any supplier of uh, of long term care, um, and certainly for for pharmacy services suppliers.
4: Okay, understood. Uh, those are my questions. Thank you very much. Thanks,
1: Justin. Your next question is in the line of Tanya Gonzalez with Concord Genuity.
2: Good morning, gentlemen. A um, couple from me. I know it's still early, but can you talk about what kind of patients are signing up for pharmacy at your door? Is it mostly patients at retirement homes that previously weren't customers, or new patients living at home?
0: Uh, it's a great question. At, at this point, it, it actually is a very diverse uh, group, and so I, I would identify uh, three or four uh, categories uh, that are roughly evenly distributed. Uh, in the first instance, is we did do a little bit of you know, broad-based marketing and word-of-mouth uh, type uh, spreading of the word in the Calgary area. And so we did get a number of uh, you know individuals at home sign up for the service. Uh, we also uh, uh, signed up a couple what I would call corporate partnerships. So partnerships with employers uh, in the Calgary area who made uh, the services available to their employees, and employees took us up on that. So that's a would uh, know, we call that a corporate partnerships bucket, um, and then. And then the third, I said three or four, it's definitely three. Uh, the third category is what you said, Tanya. That we, we're finding that there's uh, a type of re- a resident in a retirement home who is healthy, active enough that they're not on medication management services that maybe historically would have uh, driven to the pharmacy, uh, the community pharmacy to get their medications. Uh, and that's been a source of, of additional uh, registrants for us, people that um, signed up for the service to in order to receive it. Without leaving the without leaving the, their home.
2: Excellent. Okay. Thank you. Um, and then, just turning to, I know there's a lot of talk on the U.S. election right now. If if we do have rules change there and they're able to start importing medications from Canada, would that put any kind of pricing pressure on 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 drugs that you're buying here? Yeah,
0: we, we certainly don't see a, any. Um, any reason any of that would impact our business. We have a, a, a long-term you know, you know, wholesale and distribution relationship with a leading wholesaler. Most of the economics in that contract are fairly fixed, so um, you know, that, that's just not something that we would expect would trickle down in a way that would affect us either from an economics or a supply perspective. Okay, and
2: last one here. Um, Interesting to see you were able to divest that little shell company. Are there any more of those hiding on the balance sheet that you could possibly divest and have a nice little gain? Uh,
0: Potentially, not nothing immediate. So, so the the largely a creature that's unique to Ontario. So, in in a nutshell, there's a um, a provision in Ontario pharmacy law where in order for a corporation or non pharmacist to operate a pharmacy business, they need this, you know, what's called a pre-1954 charter company. Uh, because they're in relatively scarce supply, they do have value even as shells. Um, by virtue of our acquisition activities, we had a, a, an excess supply of them. Um, we, we do currently have two, uh, so we, you know, we, we would evaluate the potential of um, potentially divesting the additional one. That isn't a shell company, though, so it's, it's a more complicated endeavor. So potentially, uh, but not, not in the next couple
1: months.
2: All right, sounds good. Thank you so much. That's all for me.
1: Thanks, Tanya. At this time, there are no further questions. I'll hand the floor back over for any closing remarks.
0: Thank you, and thank you, everyone, for participating on today's call and for your continued interest in KRX. We look forward to reporting on our progress again next quarter. In the meantime, keep well and take care. Thank you.
1: Thank you. This does conclude today's conference call. You may now disconnect.